All right, welcome to the Brand Aid Podcast, where we talk the, with the biggest names in business about marketing, business, and everything else. And today we got Rich Kleiman, agent, business manager, co-founder of 35 Ventures with Kevin Durant, who are involved in startups, content, charity, and more. He's also an ex-bookie, which is pretty awesome, and we'll talk about it. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Ex-bookie was cool. You could have just done that as my title. I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about. We want to talk about investments, all the content you're creating, charity work you're doing. But when I was looking at your bio, college dropout to bookie, talk about that transition. I mean, how does that even happen? Well, it wasn't much of a transition. It, it was, there was no real thought involved, except I just didn't really connect in school. Um, I did, you know, I loved being at school. I loved being in like with my friends in high school. So I got through high school. I just, I checked out around the eighth grade for some reason, like my mind was always somewhere else and uh, building a group of friends and being caught up in my social life was like my priority in high school and playing basketball. And when I went to college, I was on my own and I had even less discipline and less of a desire to, to be in school. I honestly regret every minute of it because there's, there's no reason why I couldn't have been entrepreneurial and focused on my education. So you know, it's not like I'm going to allow my kids that plan. I do think if at 16, 17, 18, 19, you have a real business endeavor in your mind and you think it's a better plan than school, I'd be wide open to that. I think parents are more and more open to that. But I do regret that I kind of blew off school. But the like the, being a bookie in, in college, like I didn't plan it. But, you know, I always loved gambling and I always loved sports. I did it like when I was 14. I had like a friend I used to just gamble on every Monday night football game with and that adrenaline rush like somehow I turned into a bookie and as soon as I saw that like light of a business I was like well let me make this a business so like I really worked like I felt like I was working honestly like I really held down this operation at different colleges that were taking bets for me and like I was sending them money and it was cool but then I came to New York and then I, I was playing in a grown man's game at that point you know and I got caught up in a in, a, in booking in, in New York City was a different animal. So I quickly shut that down or it got shut down for me. And um, yeah, you know, that was kind of my, was kind of my experience till 22, 23 years old. And somehow you, you ended up at Rock Nation, but you bought, but I read you bought an urban website, whatever the fuck that means after you were bookie. What is, what is that? What does that mean? Well, I had two friends of mine that were at Cornell, um, and when they graduated, one of them was a friend that I grew up with. One met somebody at Cornell, and they had this idea to build a uh, hip-hop website, again, whatever the hell that means. At the time, that honestly was a phrase, like a hip-hop website, an urban website, and it was like community content, commerce, and we didn't know what we were doing, but it really was like the second part of my story. It was like booking. I learned the few different things in my mind about managing people. And I really do think I learned a lot. And then when I went into this website, like both my friends with the Cornell, they saw the value in how I could talk to people and network and create opportunity, but I didn't know anything that I was doing. So I really had to kind of learn a role at that point. And, you know, we built this website, we launched it. We had this incredible launch party. Like that was really my focus. I blew this party out in the Hamptons, like probably, about as dumb a use of the funds as one could ever have done. But, um, you know, I learned a lot during that experience, but that wasn't 
ever going to go anywhere. It's funny though, all three of us have gone on to be successful. One of them, Noah Kern, is the CEO of Acorns. Um, the other one, CEO of uh, Rishi Khan, the CEO of a company called Stock Twits. Um, you know, and then from there, the only thing I did that got me into Rock Nation was I was like, okay, after onelevel.com, which was the name of the website, I'm like, let me just go back into sports. Like, that's what I know. That's what I love. That's the kind of encyclopedia of information that I had built up was based solely around the world of sports. So a friend of mine gave me an opportunity to produce this show, The Life, on ESPN 2000 at this company, Radical Media. And that I remember show, that show. That was great. Yeah, it really was like ahead of its time. We actually just did a 20-year reunion. We did 32 episodes. And um, but they the, the only role that was really available for me, even though I wanted to be in sports, was the music supervisor. So I was like, well, I really don't know what I'm doing, but I, I took the job and they gave me a budget and I started building out this library of music. And that got me in the music business because I did a really good job of finding dope producers and these underground bands in New York and different artists that went on to have real careers. And, you know, from there I was in the music business. So I started managing a bunch of artists and producers. You know, so, that, oh, go ahead, Griff. One second, just, just to, um, you know, move, move back a little bit here. You, you started off and you were talking about, um, you know, high school and how you think it's going to be more, um, you know, more common for people to start leaving at an earlier age as, as the world develops and, and access to build companies and stuff for, for kids it becomes even easier with technology, especially. So for all of my, all of my um, followers watching this, that might be at that age and, you know, maybe, maybe one or two of them even have something they're building right now that uh, they think is, you know, something that they could leave school for. Um, what, what would your advice be? Like, so for me, when I left college, I didn't really know if I was ready. Um, but you know, I just, it, it was just kind of a leap of faith for me because I believed in myself. So I guess for anyone watching, I may be in that position or it could be in the future. What, just what, what would your advice be? And um, when do you think is the right time to make that leap? Uh, well, look, I think the right time to make it is obviously different for everyone. I would 100% never want to sound like I'd be advocating for someone to think of not going to school as an option. But I think that there are rare people, right? You see it in sports, you see it in entertainment. Um, and those are exceptions, I think, to the rule for most. But in sports and entertainment, if the talent level is so incredible and that the opportunity to provide uh, a living for yourself or your family at an early age is available to you, we've really encouraged people to do that. And then we saw in tech, where these incredible minds would drop out of college, Mark Zuckerberg, and we would celebrate how incredible that is. Now, that is like the exception, these incredible once in a generation minds. So if you think you're that person, you better damn well know you're that person, and usually you should know. However, I wasn't that. I didn't have an exceptional skill to play ball. I didn't have an idea of a lifetime. And I really had no direction. And that to me is the worst time to drop out of school. So I, I, I think that we all can agree on that. But what I do think is that there are people that may find themselves that are not built for the traditional school system. And the access to information that you can get throughout school to be able to start to formulate what it is you wanna do in your life 
is endless. So if to me, if you're going to choose to do that, I don't think you should give up your education entirely. I think you can still get education while you go and chase your dream. And also, if you're going to do it, you better remind yourself every day that the one thing that all those people did not do is skip steps. You just cannot jump out of college and think, all right, cool, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. You got to be wired for it. You got to be ready to, to work in, and, and go quadruple the amount of work you would have had to put into college because you just gave up an education. So, you know, I think you'd be able to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and check those boxes. But I'm not going to lie and say that, like, no, I think everybody should go to college because it's just just not true. That's not how I feel. Griff, you had that talent, obviously, and you were making a living at it. So for you, it makes sense, right? But what I've found is, well, that's kids. There's a great HBO documentary coming out about influencers. I don't know if you guys saw the the promo for that, but that's kids. Number one dream is to be an influencer. That's what everyone wants to do. And I get messages all the time because I interview all these guys. So I, you know, kind of know the business a little bit and it's always I want to drop out of school and pursue this full time. And you look and they have 300 followers and you go, fuck, no, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, you got a long way to go before this is a career. And hey, guess what? Not everyone has talent. Most people don't have talent. So the chances of you at 300 followers getting to a Griffin, it's a long shot and you better hedge your bets and you can do that while going to school. Yeah, well, listen, influencer is also a job, like a skill set. So yep. when, when you look, that's my example. If you look at your, if you look and you don't know enough to know that 300 followers means you have no influence yet and that that doesn't constitute leaving. And when I look at what um, Griff is doing now, this is just a new sector of the entertainment that's been created. So to me, he falls in this boat, right? He falls in the boat. You're going to have to live up to it, but you fall in the boat of the people I'm talking about that, like that doesn't relate to everybody, right? You have you can go in front of a camera and perform, and that's what you've chosen to do. But for most people that think that, like, oh shit, being an influencer to me, like just being like, yo, I'm gonna be an influencer, I'm gonna drop out of college, I'm not gonna go after my education. That's like a Ponzi scheme. You're just you just you're looking for a quick fix. You might as well have just been a bookie like me. Cause that's not a yeah. real I agree. And I mean, I'm still in college. I'm a, I'm a senior, uh, taking online classes. So, um, you know, I guess I'm a bad person to be talking about this because I'm still in school and, uh, decided to finish, but like a lot of my friends that are, that are in this space, you know, um, whenever you you have to work three times harder, that is 100%. And like, it's not just for a couple months. Um, because when you're at that point, you can't, you can't just say, oh, I'm burnt out. Now I'm like, I'm done. So like, I'm going to go back to school now yeah. uh, because it's just, it's, it's hard. And, and especially whenever you get out of it. So yeah. um, even people that are successful, if you don't have the work ethic too, I wanted to add that because, you know, um, there's a lot of kids in social media, they leave whenever they're successful, they, they leave and pursue, um, you know, doing their content and, and building that out. But, you know, six months down the road, they get lazy. And then it's like, well, I, I just worry for them because it's like, where do you go? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's funny because I when, when there's this Boys and Girls Club in Redwood City, uh, California. It's in the Bay Area. When Kevin was in the Bay, we 
did this thing where we awarded this person in the Boys and Girls Club, the like Boys and Girls Club Youth of the Year, and they kind of put their entire um, they put their entire presentation in front of you. They it's a, it's a really in depth process, and part of it is you really start to understand just kind of what these students go through, and they explain their situation and how the organization was able to help them. And then ultimately, they end up getting a scholarship out of it. KD ended up surprising all of the kids that night and giving them all a first year of tuition paid for. Um, but what I learned that night was like how much we are all capable of really doing when you're pushed to it. These kids at 15, 16, talking about having to work a job, take care of their little brother, go to school, um, you know, do six, seven different after school activities to make sure that they get into college. And these people are doing it for survival, true, real survival. So the people that have the opportunity to go get an education and want to be an entrepreneur and say, you know what, man, I can't do both. Like you really can do it all. So if you're going to leave and give it up, you better be able to go all in and know that there's something coming out of it because you really don't need like Griff is doing. You don't need to say, nah, I can't. I can't go to school. I want to do this, you know, but. That's, you know, that's a tough decision because when you find yourself not focused in school, that shit can really fuck you up too, you know, because, you know, that it really, like, I just did not like being in school. Like, I think that's a real conversation that, like, I know most parents and I know my own, I'm a parent. I have an 11-year-old, 7-year-old. My wife looks at me sometimes like, yeah, you say wild-ass flagrant shit. Like, what do you mean you hate school? Like, you just say, like, I remember my kids would be pissed, like, if they found out they were sick, I used to be like, guys, I used to pretend I was sick. What are you talking Fuck, about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth you know, is, reverse psychology, you know? What'd you say? I said it's a little reverse psychology. You know, I it's it's always whenever you um, you know, want something to happen that <laughs> kids do it, and then when you don't or you don't mind then that's when they want to. So it's funny. You're like, you know, guys, why, why do you want to miss school? And you're the parent asking that. And then the parent that's saying, you know, you got to get your ass up and go to school. They're the kids that are saying, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm sick. Hilarious. But you know, the truth is, is like, I do think all jokes aside is like, that's a conversation that's like tough for a parent to hear, but as a parent that, if you're some kids just can't rock, like you got to be able to talk to them about school and that situation, their relationship with it, because kids are so aware of these successes now at a young age. You can't fool a kid and tell them like, nah, you can't leave and go get rich. They'll be like, yeah, I can. But you got to be able to be like, yo, all right, but how do we figure this out? Don't give up your education, you know? So that's it for me on school. Who am I, man? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you kind of got schooled too. I mean, at at Rock in a positive way, like mentorship. When you were at Rock, how involved with you were with Jay? Did you have interaction with them? Did you learn anything about entrepreneurship from them by just watching them from the sidelines? Like, what was your relationship? Yeah, I mean, well, so when I yeah, I told you I was doing music for all those shows and stuff, and the company I was working at was Radical Media, and I also started managing a handful of people in the business producers and artists like Mark Ronson. I was managing tons of DJ, D nice. I mean, this is 15 years ago, you know? So I was like in Vegas doing DJ residencies all every club in the city. So I got to know everybody in New York, LA. And part of that was like getting to know everybody in the world of music. And I grew up in New York. So I knew people, I had Jay-Z's manager 
John Manili meet me at Radical Media. And what came of that relationship was we produced the movie Fade to Black, his documentary. But what a him, great documentary just on that. Yeah. One of the great music documentaries of all time. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, because he's just, you know, at least to me, the most flawlessly cool and tasteful human. And I was able to be like present around him all the time during making that film. And ultimately we became really tight friends. And, you know, I, and I spent years, um, you know, day, all the time. And when he said to me, like, you know, or his group, his friends and everybody that I learned from at Rock, like the whole, the, the whole top, you know, the, the, the top of the hierarchy there that I learned from, from day one, because I was the first person there, was like so many different intangibles. So it's like when I went there, it was a no brainer. And, you know, for me, that's when I got like my like doctorate degree. You know, that's when it's like I, I got through school as a bookie and I got a, a, another diploma in my mind when I was building the companies and managing artists. And I got to go to Rock Nation. And, you know, for me personally, as an individual, I may not have been able to have been my best there because I had to grow at that point. You know, that's like you climb in your 20s as an entrepreneur, you're moving, you get to this situation. And now it's like, all right, I'm in here and I got to earn, I got to grow, I'm building a family. And that was a weird moment. But what I learned was priceless because what I learned in that time period, being around him, getting to know him so well and all, and that's just him. Everyone that I was able to meet in my life in the music business and entertainment business was everything that gave me the platform when I finally like was able to go on my own and build a business because of all that I learned, you know, and that, that kind of stuff was like, there's, I could talk for 20 hours about what I learned from him and that whole company. Yeah, no, <laughs> Rich, it's, um, it's really interesting because your path is like, it kind of has touched so many of the things that I see and I, I I'm not looping it back to this, but it's just crazy to me. Um, you know, and, and, and for people listening to this, I feel like it's, uh, it's really cool to hear that you've touched sports, you've touched music and you've touched like, you know, leaving school. And it's, and that's like the American dream now for kids. It's like either one, either all of those lanes, like leaving school and then being an athlete or being a musician is like two of the most wanted things. So I just want to say, uh, congrats because you're, you're, you're living the, um, Gen Z dream right now. Oh, well, thank you, man. But the thing is, is like, <laughs> I, the, at least for me, it's like, I feel like I'm still legitimately dreaming and have so far to go. I actually think that's why sometimes people relate to me because I'm not like, I'm not there yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm proud of some of the things you've done, but like this ain't, I'm not, I'm not on any like list like that yet. I want to be there, but I know that I got to a certain point. And I can understand like, okay, cool. I have one foot in seeing where I want to go and I can see the light there. And I have one foot here where I can like talk to my 19 year old nephew, like I'm his boy. Like we can really talk, you know what I mean? And like, I'm sure Griff feels the same way. I'm 44, we're on the phone and he's probably like, damn, like if I close my eyes, he sounds like I'm talking to one of my friends for a second, but <laughs> I'm in my prime because I can really relate to it. And I really understand how close I am to like just yesterday, not really feeling the same confidence that I have now, just yesterday, you know what I mean? Not literally, but just yesterday. And, but I also now look at people like Jimmy Iovine and I'm like, damn, I could, I want to be that motherfucker. Like, nah, Fuck now, yeah. now my dream is too big. So it's a good zone of it. Cause it's like, I got out, but I'm still like, gotta get out, get out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, it's like realistic goal setting and, and then, you know, using that and always stepping forward. So that's, 
you know, that's important because, you know, <laughs> you don't want to th- think of things or say things that are too crazy because then people are going to look at you like you're crazy, you know? Um, yeah. like I hate but, when I see people on the gram be like, man, never thought I'd get here. Like, thank God I made it. And it's like, yo, chill out. Like, you just had you hit a single, bro. Just relax. Like, that can't be it. And if you look at the really successful people, they're never satisfied. You've been around them in, in music and in sports and everything. They're never, they've never arrived. They've got that thing that I got to do more. I'm not there yet. I got to just get this and got to just get that, which drives them in, in part, which makes a lot of them successful. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think people during the pandemic realized how incredible it is if you love what you do, because there was this like feeling of, well, I really couldn't check out right now, right? You're giving a pass, a free pass, check out. And if you were fortunate enough to be in a business that was somewhat pandemic proof, you know, which obviously left a lot of people with some guilt in some ways, because like my business really grew during that time, because I said, you know what, I love this. Like, it's the best escape from the world truly ending. Like not even, this isn't even a saying anymore. This shit is ending for a second. And now... I can really help, like, I'm managing one of the best basketball players ever. Fuck, how do I get better? I have run an organization and a foundation that we give money and give opportunity around all year long. Like, what do I do now to do better during this eight months when it's needed? And how do I do some cool shit? Like, how do I build the boardroom into what I want and work my ass off? That only really comes of you loving what you do. So those people that are never satisfied, it's yes, never satisfied, but it's also like, well, what else am I going to like? This is what I do. This is what I love. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep going, like keep going because it's part of who you are. Rich, how did you hook up with KD? How did that even happen? Um, I was managing an artist, Wale, still popping around now. Yeah. He's from D.C., Maryland. And, um, he, knew Wale, he knew KD and KD was a rookie. Just one rookie of the year. He just came to the city to win rookie of the year. And he wanted to go to Jay-Z show that night. So I was going and I met him at the garden and we went to the show together. And we just stayed in touch. And then when the sports agency started at Rock, obviously he was one of the first people we wanted to call. He knew Jay a little bit and knew me a little bit. Obviously, like the allure of wanting to be at what Jay was starting was great. And it was great timing for Kevin. And I became his guy when I was there. So that really put me in a great position to grow with him and that was really it. But we always had a good rapport after we met years and years back. That's wild. It's funny. We, and I wanted to kind of get into investments and stuff. And Griff, I'm sure you got a lot of questions and, and insight on that. But it was funny. We were, we were interviewing this guy, Griff Miles Rogers, and he was funny. He was saying it used to be when you met a, an athlete or a musician or an artist, you just wanted to talk of sports, right? You meet a basketball player. Hey, you know, what do you think of the Knicks? Are they ever going to be good? All this shit, right? He said, but now when they find out you're an entrepreneur, they don't want to talk about sports at all. They want to talk about early seed investing and startups and diverse portfolios and crypto and all this other shit. How did Kevin and you kind of go from hanging out to having these conversations and investment goals? Well, I mean, we kind of had him from the beginning of working together because like as his, as his agent, I was starting to understand his vision and what he wanted and started to understand the business more and more. And then, you know, I had been in management and in music and I was doing deals and that's what I did. That was where my mind was at. And then I got to learn from 
the best and see the blueprint of what Jay had built for himself, this enterprise around the greatest rapper ever. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to share these ideas with Kevin. And ultimately, I knew I had to um, fulfill that like thing in me to own my own business. And Kevin wanted the same thing. And it was a process. We, you know, it's you have to figure out the right time and make sure you're aligned. And when he really was ready to do it, it was the time when I was ready to do it too. And we ended up like just kind of hitting the ground running. And we both are so inquisitive that it was more about like, okay, we don't know what we want to do, but we're in Silicon Valley. We'd be remiss not to explore VC and technology. And it's like, then that ended up kind of catapulting 35 ventures into being more of a full media and entertainment business. But it's because we really just kind of like dug in and wanted to learn something. And now like that was the genesis for us creating boardroom, um, the sports business network, because I do agree with you. Like, What's exciting for people now and the entire sports community is to be a part of conversations around all of that, trading cards, business, investing, media, and athletes are some of the best entrepreneurs out of all. So the platform was created to celebrate all that, talk about that. And there is a real traditional business side of it all, but there's also like the three of us dressed the way we are, you know, in the rooms of the people that are making the same decisions that you would think that would only be on the Wall Street Journal. So I think boardroom for us becomes our Gen Z force in some way, you know, to what you said earlier. And Rich, I know this was, this wasn't your path because social media, you know, wasn't even around at the time, but like for, for kids today, um, you know, with, with social media and being able to manage and do things in in that, in that area, um, you know, what does it actually take to be a good manager? Because whenever we first started uh, doing TikTok, you know, it was just a shit show um, of all these dudes that were trying to come on and be managers, but didn't actually know like what it, what it takes. So um, I feel like it's a really, uh, it, it is a cool option for people that maybe want to be influencers and never can grow and get that opportunity. Um, and for people listening to this, I just, I, I would just like to hear your insight on what it takes for you. And, um, you know, some of the characteristics and things you, you might see or have to deal with to get on top. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, at this point, I think every manager client relationship, a manager should look and try to build it as if it was a company and to really, no matter what the size of the client to really be able to put in a structure and a foundation and even though a client may not ask for certain things that you're putting and implementing in, ultimately they will they will benefit from it. And that's scheduling, that's communication, that's um, you know having check-ins and giving them information on what they're working on that they may not even look at, but making sure that you are clearly defining, you know, that you see their business as something important enough that you're putting the work in to turn this into like a well-run machine. You got to work equally as hard, if not harder than they do. It's not going to be the same skill set. But when I land in China with Kevin on a Nike trip and he wants to go to the gym to work out, and I'm like, how does this man want to go work out now? We just landed in China. I mean, I gotta, I'm not not answering my emails. I got to work three times harder that day. You got to be an architect to some degree. You got to be an architect. You got to be able to show them that like, you're not just about commissions and a check or making them more famous. Like, why are you doing this? What is the vision where are you trying to go you know what is the plan and that kind of like 
clear vision, I think allows your client to work harder. And also like, obviously, most of all, you got to have incredible patience. You got to be able to be patient and you got to be able to have tough conversations because if you're a yes man manager or you're just constantly gassing your client up, then you know, you're going to end up nowhere and they won't trust you. I like that. Yeah. That's, um, I just think it's, it's super interesting because, um, just of where the world's at right now, that's, um, I feel like that job is going to be, um, just getting more and more popular and a lot of people already are diving into it. So it's cool to hear that from someone that's, you know, one of the most successful, um, people to do it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it takes a lot of work and I don't think people actually understand what it looks like, but there is a lot of, um, you know, money. And I think the future is there for managing. I really do. Yeah. Um, so and management is a business, I think, which also stands the test of time because there's always going to be talent and there's always going to be talent that, you know, could utilize. And even if they are, you know, a manager doesn't call the shots. It's not the old stereotype. The manager's there to execute for, the CEO, the artist, the talent, the athlete, um, they call the shots. But to think that you could just like, yo, this guy's my boy. I'm his manager now. Like I see dollar signs. That ain't it. That's not it. People that think like, yo, LeBron put his boys on. I should put my boys on. I get paid. LeBron's boys put themselves on. LeBron gave them an opening, but those guys work their ass off. They learn. They educate themselves. Maverick interned at Nike. Rich worked at CAA. These guys are beasts. And if everyone could do it, then everyone would do it. You know what I mean? Like people that say the same thing to me, like Kevin Durant gave me that opportunity, but if I didn't earn it, he wasn't keeping me around. I didn't work my ass off and over deliver. So you can't just think that like the job description is that you grew up with your man or like you just, you know, what do you mean? I can't bring you a deal. And it's tough because for someone like you, and I'm not saying this happens to you, but like, those are the same things that athletes got to deal with. You have to put people in your place, people that think that you got to say to them, nah, like <laughs> that doesn't, you don't, that's not what it is. If you want to define a role, work for it, show me an opportunity, build me, uh, give me an idea of how we're going to make this work. Let's talk, you know, that you, I think people close to you deserve if they want to be a manager, but not just cause that's not a job title. You know, Griff, yeah. you were talking before about managers and how there's, you know, that's a career, especially around influencers. But for your younger fans listening too, yeah, everybody wants to be talent, right? But most people aren't the talent. But if you're interested in that world, hey, there's a lot of jobs surrounding that, whether it's manager. Hey, how many, Griff, what's a good a video editor worth to you? A good video editor? Yeah. For YouTube? Um, yeah, I'm just saying, like, how important to to, to your life as an editor? Um, you know, they're pretty important. <laughs> so there's other they're jobs you know? other than being talent out there, right, around the influencer business. Yeah, we. I, I think a lot of people are missing that boat right now, but it, it's going to evolve more. Social media is really taking a turn, I think, in the past five years or so. So I, I think that's going to keep getting more and more. Um, relevant and, and a lot of people and a lot of job openings are going to happen there, especially uh, when things become more and more automated. Um, that's something you can't really automate. Yeah. That's interesting though, because it's like, there is, it is damn near not a single job that's not automated. 
Uh, you could have an AI manager. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's just, I guess if you want to get it really detailed, there's pretty much automation for everything now, but which is scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Um, there's even fake influencers out there have you seen stories like that it always happens where they make up like a robot influencer and shit they got more followers than i'll ever have you know yeah it's it's crazy i've created i mean it's uh have you seen the one named kim no we invested in a company where they had a major automated pop star in uh in japan or in china i forgot the name of the company yeah it might have been kim Either way, it's it freaks me out. Uh, I don't really understand the, the the problem that they. The only reason why social media hasn't been taken over by AI yet, and I know this is a little off topic, but it's just so interesting. I was talking to the um, to some of the guys that are, that have created the AI influencers, and it was literally because they just didn't want to put in the time, like like everyone's like, oh well, she can't speak on live streams, and then whatever um no it's just because they didn't put in the time and the effort because it wasn't worth it uh you know they were getting no money out of it so they just said it wasn't worth the time wow actually started it as a joke and then it started blowing up because it's literally a perfect human that they created uh they took characteristics they took like all the top characteristics that um you know the majority of the world like loves and they just put it all into one person and like and it's crazy, but yeah, influencers are kind of screwed. Everyone, I guess at this point is just screwed because AI is so powerful. So enjoy. So is Kim, Kim is the perfect, is Kim the perfect woman? Uh, I mean, it's hard because it's preference, but um, according to majority of the world, yeah. She is a majority of the world is into Kim. That's wild. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about because you guys got into content creation too. Talking about influencers, right? Talk a little, little bit more about. I mean, you guys got a lot going on. You got the boardroom. Uh, KD's got his podcast, ETCS, and you've got your out of you even got your own deal. You got your out of office podcast. Talk about how you guys went from like behind the scenes business guys. Well, I mean, Kevin's an athlete, but he's got his kind of business life over here, and so do you. So let's get out in front and talk about this and create content around that too. Well, just for the record, ETCS is the Xeras. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I'm like, what the fuck is ETCS? <laughs> um, but yeah, well, well, so Boardroom is a platform. It encompasses a handful of different verticals. And my pod and Kevin's pod live on the platform. So I think that it was more about these fit what we were building in Boardroom. And these fit um, on the topics of what we're discussing. For me, especially, I wasn't looking to necessarily have a podcast. I just think that unanimously amongst our group, we felt like a podcast that I had would work in what we're trying to build, which is this full kind of functioning 360 sports business and lifestyle platform. The content we produce for other networks, third party distributors that we do docs with or we have a scripted series at Apple, that's projects that we, you know, that we're one individually or collectively inspired to make they're always rooted in sports in some way but obviously with sports being so mainstream it's in a lot of demand for these stories and it's something we love doing you know i think everyone is a storyteller in their own right and 
we get an opportunity to tell our own and to put some stories that are important to us out. And I think that's really it. And it's about quality for us. Just if we do great work, it'll, it'll be something we're proud of. We have a lot of cool projects coming up. You know, we have a short film that we are um, a part of called Two Distant, Two Distant Strangers, which is going to get some early award buzz, going to be really impressive. We, had, um, we did a doc on Showtime last year called uh, Basketball County on Kevin's hometown in PG County. That was, that was great. I saw that. We have, um, we did, a, you know, we were executive producers of uh, Stefan Marbury's documentary on Netflix. We have, like I said, a scripted series on Apple. And we have a handful of others we've done throughout the last few years. So, you know, we're not as robust of a media company, maybe as like LeBron is. They have a really diverse, you know, diverse set of projects. And But we, we're very niche in that we do a handful of docs and series and they live on premium networks. And, you know, we also have our network, which is a bit more niche and boardroom, but it's really grown quite a bit. So we're it, it's a good load. Of, you know, we have our investment vehicle. We manage Kevin. I We are part owners of a Philadelphia union, the MLS team. So. You know, we have a really cool group of 20 people here that work in New York and our offices. We're all very entrepreneurial and like-minded, but we're building a company that can really house all of our business interests and then still be able to really manage Kevin's brand to, to, to you know, the potential and the capabilities that it deserves because it's what drives all of this. Yeah. And it's so, um, I've noticed that every industry kind of has their own vice, right? I feel like, um, you know, drugs are always an overhanging thing for every, you know, social media star, celebrity, whatever. Um, but specifically for athletes, injuries are, um, you know, like the biggest nightmare. So whenever you were going into work specifically with one athlete, were you, were you worried about that at all? Like what, what I, I guess I'm just trying to understand because for social media, it's usually your half life is really short. Yeah. Like, so it's, you know, um, that's like the big scary thing. So, yeah. um, I know I, I feel like to address because that's something you have to be willing to figure out and work around. Like, um, you know, Michael's been able to help us create longevity with our careers because he knew that was a problem and he faced it early. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I think, when I, when I met Kevin, he was Kevin already. Um, and when we went and started our own business, he was KD. He was already an iconic athlete. Uh, injuries obviously are something that athletes worry about all the time. And when Kevin's been injured, it's been devastating for us, you know, as friends and for him and his family emotionally in, as it re relates to our business, you know, there's, He's still in the prime of his career. We're building a business that he could walk right into after career and do whatever he wants within it. And we're building something that's evergreen. Obviously, business is affected when athletes have like a tragic shortening to their career. God forbid that ever happened. I can't even think like that. I think Kevin has built an incredible foundation of who he is for life. Um, but it's scary, you know, I think, you know, when I was managing other athletes in the beginning and when I was managing artists and entertainers, like those are things that, you know, that's like what I meant to kind of get across when you asked me about what's a good manager is like part of that architecting is preparing for that and letting them know that, you know, so no different for an athlete or an artist or a musician who's got a hit and you got to make sure like, listen, this hit could come and go. So you know, but injuries are what that example is for athletes, you know, so it's always yep. 
as it relates to us, it's not something I think about for our business, but obviously it for young athletes, it's something you need to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know I keep asking questions in that, in that realm and I'm trying to relate it back to, uh, people that listen to this and, you know, um, a lot of my following is like right in the age of deciding what they want to do with their life. So I think it's important because you always see the glory. Um, you know, all you think about is all the successes and the people that have made it. Um, but there's a reason and that's because, I mean, you can't control what happens, but you can control the outcome if something does happen. So, um, I just want to make sure that people that are listening to this and maybe they plan on, you know, going into media, whether, or, or sports and athletes, there's, there's always a, a risk and you have to, you know, um, kind of de-risk yourself or, or minimize it by preparing for if it does not win, but if, um, cause there's a lot of, a lot of different factors that go into, you know, dealing with musicians or dealing with social media creators or dealing with athletes. Uh, there's always some, one of those variables that's just inevitable and happens, but you know, you can't control it or, you know, you gotta, you gotta hedge your bets and hopefully work around it. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, you know, um, I would assume a lot of your listeners are also probably have no intention of being an athlete or a musician or an influencer or a manager. But the same things, I think, you know, similar principles relate because one thing that I've realized amongst a lot of my friends in general and a lot of my friends who have even taken insanely traditional paths is the same kind of like, you take a job, are you not seeing the job, you know, as a means to where you want to be? Or are you not working as hard as you could be there? Do you not understand that like every part of this journey gets you somewhere else? Are you giving up other passions and interests that you're doing because, you know, you have to go be a doctor or, or is there a way to do them both? You know, and I think that like the fear that I, I think this generation actually, I'm hoping this generation has a little less fear only because it's endless opportunity. So it's like the fear of jumping into it and instilling your will in some of these situations and being like, okay, I'm working at Chase Bank. I'm really trying to run a hedge fund, but like right now they got me in the, I'm a bank teller, I'm on the floor. Like, come on, you know, you can get there. You know, like you just, <laughs> realize that it's not that path you thought it may be and that's the thing is like when you talk about sports and entertainment and all that these stories are really not relatable to most people you know these are business that like that's not really the that's never going to be the mass and the the main population are like you know trying things that you could never think of but there's insane success on the horizon for them or insane opportunity it's the same ideals that kind of relate. So I, I like answering it in the form of what I do, but like, really, that's what I meant by like, I still feel like I have so far to go. A pet peeve of mine is to ever hear somebody sit and like talk about their career and how so, this is what I did. Like I'm 44, like, fuck, I don't know anything. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I know some stuff. I think I'm smart, but like, I'm just talking about the people that are like, oh, not like, I'm trying to have a regular successful life, you know, like a regular successful life. Those people, it's the same principles. To me, it's the same thing. Same kind of idea, you know, like, just wanted to say that. You know what I was to say, Griff, and, you know, we only have a little bit of time. I want to talk about, I really like what you guys did 
and you've kind of made investing cool. And that's a lot of what we talk on about here, you know, cause you have younger fans too. Um, Rich and Griff talk about investing. I mean, you guys are involved in some cool stuff, but you know, the person listening is not going to get involved in these early seed rounds and stuff like that, but talk about things that they can do and that you guys have found success with. Yeah. Rich, do you want me to, I guess I'll, 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 I'll start it off and throw up a lot, but it's a little bit different because, um, you know, like you were saying, uh, our investing is a, is a lot different than, um, normal investing. And I've kind of figured that out when people ask me, cause at first I didn't know what, um, advice to give them. Uh, but what I found is, and we, we've talked about it and I've done some, some, um, Twitter threads, you know, a little bit of money compounds. Um, and that's my best advice for a lot of people. It's like, I only have 20 bucks. It's like, right. If you have 20 bucks and you know, you save that up and then you start cutting out money from other places because you see your pile growing, it gets pretty addicting. And I've realized that, um, that's a good way to, to talk to people and, and kind of show them that if you put your money in it, it adds up and you, you, it's just a good place to, to begin with. And, um, if you're, if you want to get into talking about where you can put your money, that's a whole different conversation. But, um, Rich, I know that you might have some advice on this too, that goes beyond, uh, where I was talking about. So I just wanted to start it off and, um, give you the lob. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the lob, but I don't even know if I have advice for anyone either, because I think that I have a strategy into how we invest Kevin and I, and then if I were was investing individually, right? Because there's me and Kevin's collective business where you can invest and there's me. I don't have the same money as KD. So, you know, everybody's strategies are obviously going to relate to where they're at in their life. And then like you said, the deal flow that people like Griff and I get, we're fortunate. We're in a different industry where, you know, the, the people that we're working with, there's different kind of filter that we're seeing opportunity. And again, we're blessed. We may not have the same opportunity in two, three, four weeks. So as it relates to that, there's not much advice that I think any listener wants to hear me give. But what I will say is, who am I or Griff to be able to be savvy investors, but people that got in the right rooms, read the right shit, learned, have a point of view and aren't scared. There's nothing magical about it. I can't make people get an opportunity. And I don't have the reason that I was able to do that. But I do know that for people that want to do all this stuff, the coolest part of this is like download Robinhood, read, go to boardroom, shameless plug, find out, figure it out. You got to do that work, man. You got to do that work. You know, you got to get into the mix. You got to be in the streets figuratively, literally that I can't, that I can't give anyone advice on, but it's possible because who the hell are we to know it? No, but we we're figuring it out and we're doing it. Well, give me both of you guys, Rich too. Give us a behind the scenes, right? Because I'm a regular guy. The person listening to this is a regular guy or girl. We don't get to be part of these cool things. You've been, you've had successful exits, including Postmates. You're also involved in Robin Hood, which you just mentioned. Griff, you're involved in this shit. How does it all work? I mean, it's pretty cool. And like I said, we never get to see it. So we have no idea how, how this happens. Yeah, well, listen. Um, I'm gonna, oh, go go ahead. ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, um, I have a, I have a call in four minutes, so I, I don't want to get too, yeah. too. In, um, 
And also, Rich, I'm sorry for cutting you about eight minutes short by me being a shithead. Uh, but my my best advice here is is you you have to pick something that you that you like and you're interested in, whether you know that's specifics as in I'm interested in Robin Hood, or if that's I'm interested in Tesla. So I'm going to learn about Tesla and then I can, you know, go to Robin hood and, and put my money in, in places that I, that I've learned about. So my only and best advice is, is pick something that you're passionate about and run with it. And if you work hard enough and it's truly your passion, I promise there, there are a million ways you can find to make money or advance that into something of your own. And, uh, that's how I see everyone getting started and doing their thing. I like that. I think that's a good, I think we got to end on that line. I think he nailed it. Perfect. That's it. Richard, we could have talked to you for hours about all this shit, but you, you've got a fascinating career, fascinating life. So good. Anyone that doesn't listen to this is actually crazy because especially for kids that are follow me, I feel like today's lesson in, in life and your life in general is just nuts. So Brock, listen, Brock, whenever you guys want to talk, Say the word. I enjoyed it. Rich, I, I appreciate you, man. And next time, you know, I'll make sure that I'm I'm here and uh, don't have to hop up out of bed from a, from Gruen yelling at me at night six. Uh, you recovered you recovered nicely. Yeah, I'm happy you got on, man. You recovered very well. Hey, gotta, you know, when you mess up, you at least gotta do your best to smooth it out. So here I am. <laughs> well, it was guys, awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Again, Rich, thanks for being on. Make sure you guys subscribe. We do this every week. Talk with the biggest names in business about marketing, business, entrepreneurship, and much, much more. So make sure you subscribe. And if you want, leave us a good review. Why the fuck not?